Longtime fans of the show should be familiar with the lender formerly known as Sue Pullen, and I'm pleased to announce that she's back, fresh off a rebrand and ready to help as Sue Mackey. Sue is a certified mortgage advisor at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She has over 20 years of experience helping thousands of homeowners. Whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even a reverse mortgage, Sue will help. Sue's licensed in 36 states now, so reach out and let Sue Mackey it happen for you. The best way to reach her is just give her a call at 520-977-7904 or in an email, spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number of 2289. Sue Mackey has an MLS number of 206048. That email again, spullen at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. Shoot Sue an email and let her know she needs to update that address. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hat smiley face. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to The China Shop. I am your host, Kyle, and joining me for today's episode is the bold and benevolent Blaine McCauley, host of the Penny Lane podcast. If you'd like to learn more about today's guest, I highly encourage everyone to check it out. You can also follow her on Twitter at Penny underscore Lane underscore BBM. And be sure to reach out with any suggestions, corrections, or questions you might have for future guests. You can do that via email at twobulls at financialadaptitude.com. Or you can join our free Discord server where a bunch of amazing people gather to share our struggles and lessons learned with other like-minded market aficionados. We'll have all those links in the episode description so you can peruse them at your convenience. Without any further ado, let's get to know today's guest. And this is one that I've been excited for when you reached out to us. Because uh, looking through the journey that it looks like you've been on is very similar to one that I think that I've been on. I think we might have even started at about the same time. Uh, I probably should have asked how you're doing first, but yeah. Oh. We'll, we'll <laughs> <laughs> so how are you doing today, Penny? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Blaine, Blaine. Ah, Every, I no, no, no. everybody calls me Penny. So don't, I mean, you just go ahead. I made special yeah. notes to not do that. And I no, just did it already. Completely <laughs> fine. I, it's like, I didn't really know when I started the podcast that that's what people were going to call me. I was like, oh, mm -hmm. it's, it's like it rhymes, you know, Lane rhymes with Blaine. They'll just know yeah. me as Lane. And then as it's gone on, it, like I just went to Vegas with a bunch of traders everybody called me penny i just answer oh. to it and i'm like well thank god i picked a name that at least is like fun you know what if i yeah. like holga or so, you know i don't know <laughs> penny is like fun and cute and sure yeah happy to have yeah. the answer to penny at least you didn't pick i am the walrus or something <laughs> exactly exactly walrus come here <laughs> right so how'd you how'd you get started then how did the the podcast come to be I just, uh, I got started during COVID like every COVID trader did. I um, picked up my phone one day and was reading The Morning Brew, which is my favorite uh, newsletter. Love The Morning Brew. And they said something about Beyond Meat and how there was going to be a meat shortage due to COVID. And like, I guess Beyond Meat was stocking up on supplies or something. And for some reason, it just clicked like, Oh, well, if there's 
going to be like a huge demand for Beyond Meat, then wouldn't right. it be great to own some of the company? It's my first thought. So opened up a Robin Hood, you know, hopped right on, bought some Beyond Meat. Then found myself checking it every two to three minutes. You know, it was like, <laughs> you know, it was yep. like, a long-term play, but it actually was, like, was not. Right. And then, um, I think I got into a stock called War Horse or something. It was something like War Horse. It was, um, it was electronic cars or something. And there's maybe there's going to be a gas shortage. You know, basically I just kept reading like such an idiot. Obviously there's so many people are so much smarter than me and like they were investing, you know, so much better ideas. And I'm just like, oh, because of the pandemic, we're going to need this. So I should buy this. And I mean, anyway. I don't think that's silly. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're making the best use of the information you have available. Totally. Well, very soon, uh, my husband was like, honey, this is not investing. Like, you're day trading. And I was like, <laughs> right. you know, and at that time, that's a pretty dirty word. Yeah. My dad was a stockbroker his whole life. And day trading was always a big taboo. You know, like, you don't, you don't really do that. And hmm. then, so... My husband's like, I think you're day trading. And I'm like, well, let's not call it that. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's short term trading, short-term. right? Maybe, maybe more like swings. I mean, were you entering and exiting like in minute? To- I was hoping, I was hoping, you know, I'm on the Robin Hood. So orders don't fill that right. quickly. But I was just scal- trying to scalp on long term plays. And, um, you know, fairly quickly got into Twitter and then found Tim Sykes and uh, went on that rabbit hole, which if I could ask you to avoid, if you don't know who Tim Sykes is, Tom Sykes is a penny stock trader who has been in the game longer than maybe some of the penny stock traders you may Mm -hmm. know. And he has built this whole empire around He'll educate brand new traders and he'll teach them the right way to trade so that they don't get sucked into like, you know, the sort of seedy world of penny stock oh. trading. <laughs> There's a not seedy side of it. <laughs> oh, I, I know, I know. Um, <laughs> at the time, I was really into penny stocks because I didn't have a lot of capital right. and I wanted to trade a lot. So, um, so I go to Tim Sykes' website. And he's like, you can apply to be one of my my students. And, you know, here's all these success stories of my students. So you you can apply. And I was like, sure, I'll apply. I don't have anything going on. It's COVID. Mm-hmm. I apply and they're like, for $500, you can go to the front what? of the line. You know, we'll interview you tomorrow. And I'm like, well, I've got $500. So I get, you know, I, I'm ready to get started. So I like go to the front of the line. They call me the next day. They give me this whole interview and they're like, are you a hardworking person? I'm like the hardest working, you know, (laughs) they're like, you know, will you be dedicated? I'm like more than anything, just, they're just teeing me up to be like, I really want to do this. And then at the end, they're like, I think you have the exact right profile to be a trader. I think Tim would love to offer you a spot in his mentorship, which, you know, I'm just eating it up. Mm -hmm. And they're like, That'll be $7,000. Can oh, we take a credit card? My God. And I was like, oh, like, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, didn't know if I had $7,000 on my credit card limit at that time. Right. Right? I'm like, no, no. I mean, $500, <laughs> okay, you know, but like, 
600 will consider, but 7,000, I was like, not only would that be all the money I really have, but I would have nothing to trade with. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to let you know. Yeah. And then of course they start backing it down. They're like, could you do 4,000? Right. I'm like, no, no. Oh, that sounds, that should be a red flag right there. Right. When they start totally. negotiating with you. Right. Yeah. It's just, yeah. So I'm, I was like, okay, well, I can't do that. But he sells a textbook on penny stocks. So got the textbook, you know, really was doing all the studying, the whole thing. And then eventually just fell into FinTwit and the whole crowd mm. and Discord and free things that you can do to learn. And, uh, you know, fairly quickly, it was just my whole life, all I could think about, all I could talk about. And I was at the beach with my sister and my brother-in-law in the summer of 2021, had a couple drinks and we were having dinner. And my brother-in-law said something about stocks or whatever. And I very sheepishly, I'm like, oh, stocks? like, uh, do you do you do any trading? And he was like, oh, hell yeah. Like, I'm really into it. Mm -hmm. And then, it, you know, we had a six hour conversation about it. And during the conversation, I was like, this is just magical. And I want to talk to you forever about stocks. Right. Let's do a podcast. And we just started up very casually, uh, called it the Penny Lane Podcast. And I wanted to name it that because I felt like, you know, Penny Lane, the very famous groupie from Almost Famous, I was like, that's who, that's what I feel like I am with ah, like trading. I'm like okay. the groupie. I just assumed you were a Beatles fan. Um, you know, I'm as big of a Beatles fan as sort of the next guy, but not, not like I'm, you know, I'm much more of a fan of other people, but I am a big fan of her. Oh, shoot. I might have to rewrite the, uh, the outro I wrote for this then. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Is it, a, is it a Beatles reference? Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. So I would say that I, I like the Beatles, but as I've, you know, I named it Penny Lane. I've gotten much more into the Beatles. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel connected. Yeah. It's yeah. been a nice foray into enjoying the band more. Right. So, yeah. So how, the the person you started with then, so the episode I listened to was with you and Kira Turner. It sounded like you were doing a solo at this point. Well, as I'm sure you know, there's a lot of twists and turns mm -hmm. in the yeah. financial podcasting world. <laughs> and... Um, sorry, my dog is massive and trying to get in my lap right now. He's, he's, <laughs> I have to like, shut my cats out so I don't have to deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I started with my brother-in-law and very similar to day trading, he was looking to sort of casually do a podcast and uh, I was looking to be like the best podcast it's ever right, been, right. you know? And I set us up on a pretty intense interview schedule. We were doing two podcasts a week at the beginning. Which is intense. Yeah. Um, and they were an hour long and I just got real obsessed with it. And it became clear very quickly that he has a very demanding job. He could not keep up with the schedule. So mm -hmm. I would recruit other people who had been on the podcast to come back on and interview new people with me. Right. And then I found a couple of those people who I thought were really, really good. And it became kind of a rotating schedule of co-host but then honestly <laughs> the schedule was too much even with three fill-in co-hosts so uh -huh. right it just became that i did i did about one episode a week by myself and would have a co-host for the other one and got it, i got comfortable doing it by myself and 
hosting and sort of grew into that whole role. So it, I don't know, I love having a co-host, but I, I didn't think I'd ever be able to, to host one by myself. And now I'm fine. I, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. The first time I had to do an interview by myself was like, I felt like trying to ride a bike without training wheels. Like, oh, can I do this? I don't know. <laughs> well, also really funny is I have kind of a personality conflict with all my co-hosts, which is they, as traders should be, are very like prepared and methodical and they like research the guest and, you know, have all these questions prepared. And then 20 minutes before we go live, they're like, Blaine. Uh, you want to go over these questions? I'm like, I don't need any questions. No. I'm just going to like see, Talk about see, what's interesting. see where the conversation takes me. Yes. And it's gotten us into a couple of situations where we get on with a guest and they're like, like it happened with Jared Tindler, actually, who's pretty famous. We got on with him and I didn't even, I'd ask him to come on the podcast, didn't even look at his profile before we got on. And I'm like, so Jared, what do you do? <laughs> Like, well, I'm a, you know, sports psychologist and I play golf and I teach poker psychology. And I was like, no shit. (laughs) There's a lot of things that I want to ask you. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I I do some research, but I, uh, yeah. Like, I want to know first that I'm not talking to a scam artist. That's, that's my big thing. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Huge thing that, uh, I learned along the way that, uh, you you do need to you do need to do that. Need to I think I was just bit, so naive <laughs> and just very like Penny Lane fangirly, just like oh everyone's legit and everyone's just here having a good time. Yeah. And I just didn't I did not understand I did not understand that there's um a darker side right. to all of this. I just did, I just was like these people are my friends and. Um, so I was just very naive about things like that. And I really, I thought that FinTwit was this amazing community mm-hmm. and I thought everyone supported each other and was rooting for each other and I, I just so naive. And I come from the fine art world, mm-hmm. which can be cutthroat, but in general, in the art world, people really do root for other people and want other people to succeed and share ideas and all of that. And it, I just came from that world of like, there, there are just no, there's no one here who really wants to see me fail. Mm-hmm. And it, the longer, the longer I stay in that community, the more sort of depth I find there of all of these people are individuals and we're all here trying to make money for ourselves. And as much as I, I think we all, you know, would love to be friends or whatever. It's a sometimes a tough environment, especially a place like Fin Twitter, Twitter. But like I, that's why I feel like you find a good Discord community. Like that can be super helpful. You find one where people are willing to share their struggles, not just post their gains uh, every day. Like that's one uh, one thing that I saw you started with the Trader Transparency Challenge that I really really have been enjoying, and I wish there'd be more of that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I um. I really, really, really try to share my own struggles with trading because uh, in art, there's a phrase called the more personal you make something, the more universal it becomes. Interesting. And that was like the trick to all my paintings is I would just make them overwhelmingly Hmm. personal. And then someone would see it and they'd be like, 
that reminds me of like a camping trip I took with my dad, or that reminds me of the first time I did this or, and it would become very, very personal to them. So it was the same thing I did with the podcast of like, I'm just going to be as honest as I can be about how hard this is. And I think other people will see themselves in that. Yeah. And that's been my whole philosophy. I love that. I mean, that's been, that's been my philosophy from the beginning too. Uh, always honest sharing sharing the the good and the bad. In fact, we do a segment called Good, Bad, and Ugly each week where Dan and I talk about, you know, something good that we did, something bad that we did, and something ugly. Yeah. And how we can, you know, learn and improve from those those moments. Absolutely. I really like that. And that's sort of the basis of the trading transparently as mm-hmm. well. You know, when I started with that philosophy and I was walking down that road, I'm not sure that I understood how ugly things could get inside my own mind. Oh, right? Yeah. (laughs) So you found trading psychology then. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is good. I'm willing to share every bad thing that I did and be the most transparent possible. And then, you know, there were just some things where I was just like, do I really want to share that? This is so bad. I can't even... (laughs) Like, I mean, there would be, it was mostly when I would let like a $400 loss turn into like a $4,000 loss that I was just like, I'm going to jump off a building. I'm not going to put this like on Twitter right now. And, um, you know, that is, that's like a, a sore that you have to callous. It takes practice Mm -hmm. to be able to admit things that are so shameful. And I have to admit, I'm not completely there yet. Have you have you talked to Rich Friesen yet? Have you had him on your podcast? I haven't. Aisha, I'll set you up with the introduction when we finish up here. Oh, uh, he has been. We just finished doing a whole trading psychology uh, mini series with him. I did seven episodes with homework and uh, ways to follow along. Cool. He has been amazing with helping with some of the that that mindset, like trying to get into the right mindset, accepting your flaws, uh, and then figuring out like how to change them for, you know, the better purpose. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, I have a fear of loss, so I t- cut my runners too soon. So we re- we accept that, then we look and see what the underlying meaning of that behavior is and how we can meet the underlying intent, but in a more positive way. I love that. I love that. Yeah, it's. I never thought that I'd spend so much time working on myself, trying to learn how to trade. And I'm... I mean, truly, truly. I can't say I'm there yet, but. Yeah. Oh, no, of course. I wrote a blog post the other day and the basis of it was, can making your bed every day make you a better trader? And Mm -hmm. it's that kind of like idiosyncrasies or like, you know, that dribble that you get down to of like, what can I kind of root out or how much can I root out of my life to make just to be more disciplined or more mm-hmm. committed to this or whatever. It, and in that way, I'm so glad that I did it because I think I'm such a stronger person than I was when I started. But then you all, I mean, it also is like fighting a war, right? I'm much harder <laughs> than I was as well. There's not, there's not the like softness to me and the life is great kind of, you right, know, it's like, right. this has been really hard. Battle hardened almost. I went to dinner with some friends last night and my very best friend in the world, just like I walked in and she was like, can we please get you out of the trading world? Like you look 
horrible. You look haggard. Like this is this is eating at you. And of course I'm like, no, I'm in it. <laughs> like <laughs> I'll be fine. <laughs> right. <sighs> the, maybe I mean it's not a bad idea to take breaks every now and then. I mean, just taking a week off here and there. I mean, we have the freedom. That's the whole reason why we, you know, pursue this path is so we can have the freedom to say, you know what? I think this week I want to go and do something with my family. Yep. Yep. I'm really, really, really looking forward to summer because this will be the first summer since I had kids that I do not have a full-time job. Mm -hmm. And I'm in, uh, my son will be nine and my daughter will be seven. And I'm like, this could very well be their last little kid summer. And I just want to like soak it all in. Mm -hmm. And all the summers I've missed working and do you know i'm like we could go right, on a road right. trip or we could you know all kinds of fun stuff <laughs> <laughs> so i want to circle back because you mentioned your artist background and i was actually had that as a question prepared <laughs> Ooh, fan look I'll, at you doing your homework <laughs> yeah a little bit a little bit uh <laughs> no i talked to somebody about the engineering background um just recently he was he actually had a background in rocket science and was the uh futures world trading champion and then i was talking to him about how that engineering background kind of can hold you back because in that hard science like you are used to having things that have a definitive answer like if i design this bridge and i put this much safety factor and it's gonna work but in trading like you don't have that that certainty right. so i was curious with the background that you have in uh the creative arts like how do you think that's helped you and how has that held you back do you think well, I think it has held me back some because there is just kind of an innate feeling of like unworthiness or like I'm not mm. technical enough or I don't understand enough. Or, you know, when people are like, when Mac D crosses the da -da 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 -da, I'm like, I don't understand that. And I don't <laughs> care to understand yeah. that. You know, it's just like it, one in, in one ear, not the other. However, I think it has been invaluable in so many – like I think it's also my biggest, biggest strength because, you know, with painting, I'm an abstract painter. So I'm never going to be the most technical painter. I'm, I can't paint things that look like a photograph. I can't – there's so many things I can't do. But what I can do, I'm very, very good at. Mm -hmm. And there's been a lifelong of – training of like, stay out of everybody else's lane. Like you got to do what works for you. And I think that could not be more important in trading. Could not I be. I would agree with that. Yes. Yeah. And when you start a painting, the reason that the majority of people cannot do it is, well, there's, I think there's a couple of reasons. The first one is when you're staring at a blank canvas there is a real fear of starting, of like making mm -hmm. a mark, because once you make a mark, you're, you can't undo it. And there's a right. chance that that mark might not be perfect. And it just paralyzes some people. And I've never, I've never really struggled with that. But the way that I combat it is I just make, I go to a canvas and make a couple of the ugliest marks. Like I will... I'll get the ugliest color and I mm -hmm. will make, I will just sort of destroy the canvas. And then you're starting from, you're in it, right? right, um, right. And you got to figure out that problem. And there's no sort of fear of starting. And then as you work through a painting, there is 
always a time where the painting gets really ugly. Like, hmm. like you don't think you're, you're going to be able to bring it back. And then as you continue to work through it, there's also one more moment where you do one thing and you step away and you're like, that was the thing that was, per that's perfect. And it all sort of comes together. Mm -hmm. And my trading is very much like that as well. I, I, uh, I'd say I'm probably less concerned with entries than most people. I'm more of a like, well, I'll get in there and then I'm going to, I will sort of work my way through this trade, which is, you know, most people have their risk reward set and they're very, very methodical. And I, I just more want to be kind of in the trade and then work through it as the trade works, which, which just works for me. Mm -hmm. But that's not something that can really be taught in people all the time. They're like, tell me your process. I'm like, well, you'd have to be in my brain because it's weird in there. Like it's not, <laughs> it's not a process that can be taught, but it is a process that I developed a hundred percent on my own after learning from the best people in the business. And I have a lot of ownership over it and I feel very confident in it as I feel confident in painting, right? Because it's the exact same thing. You have to take everything you know and develop a process for it. And then just do that process over and over and over and trust that in the end, you will find that one mark that makes the painting perfect. Hmm. And it's never failed to happen to me since I started doing the process. I've been able to complete every single painting because you just, they say in painting, they always say do it for the process, not the end result. And like you can just take that right out of painting, put it right into yes. trading, and you're good to go. Yep, yep. We so. had a lot of discussion on process. Yep. It's funny, actually, even what you're saying about uh, um, like the trouble starting the painting. Like I remember thinking that when we started our podcast. Like Oh, for there's, sure. There's that desire to make sure everything is perfect, but it's never going to be perfect until you start doing it because you don't know what's going to work and what doesn't work. You just have right. to jump in and start. Right. And you could be in a trade that is perfect. You've waited for your A-plus setup. You've took a, taken appropriate size. You've got your risk management. You've got all that. And like a war could be declared. Like, one, <laughs> you know, once you go in there, it's kind of like all bets are off. And you have to figure it out. Now, I'm a massive, massive stop loss user, yep. uh, you know, won't trade without them. And I, I feel that that does protect me from myself. But but a stop loss is not a perfect way to implement a process. There's, you know, it's like there's still there has a to human be some element. Kind of risk control, though. Right. Like that has been the one consistent thing I think you see from all the successful people that you talk to is they have some way to manage risk. And that totally. is their main goal is to manage risk, not, not profits. Like the profits is a result of managing risk. For sure. For mm -hmm. sure. And I, uh, I was just texting with my min, my current or my main and current mentor last night. And I was like, I'm still just struggling a little bit with that. Oh, really? Like which part? Um, I guess it's not risk management. It's mm -hmm. not because I'll put the stop in. I respect the stop. That's fine. It's more like revenge trading and yeah. or being like, well, I'll just, that was a small loss. I'm just going to get back in. But then I get back in. It happened to me the other day on NVIDIA. I was just so convinced of my trade that I got back in 
five or six times for small losses. Well, those, I mean, that five or six small losses. They add up. Yeah, it's a larger loss than I really wanted to take on that originally. And then I do think at the end of the day that the trade went my way. And then you're just like, good. You're staring at a huge loss when the trade, or not huge, but you know, bigger than you wanted when the trade worked. And you're like, did I just risk manage myself out of a great trade? And then (laughs) I get, I get upset with myself sometimes about that too. So it's just always a mental exercise. I'm trying to think of the things that I (laughs) implemented to try to help with that. One of them is to just give myself time to process the emotions after a loss. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that helps. Uh, another thing that I started doing, uh, I need to do more of it though, is having a, a like not just like this is my idea and this is what I think is going to happen, but also in that plan, like okay, where am I going to know that I'm wrong? Yeah. At what point does that trade thesis break down? And having that actually written out sometimes I think helps keep you from getting into that. We used to call it gold rush fever, where you get just you're in that all you can see is the potential profit and nothing yeah. else. And you're just right. blindly losing left and right, not caring. <laughs> yeah. It, it is hard to, when um you are going into a trade, already taking a loss on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Longtime fans of the show should be familiar with the lender formerly known as Sue Pullen. And I'm pleased to announce that she's back fresh off a rebrand and ready to help as Sue Mackey. Sue is a certified mortgage advisor at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She has over 20 years of experience helping thousands of homeowners. Whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even a reverse mortgage, Sue will help. Sue's licensed in 36 states now, so reach out and let Sue Mackey it happen for you. The best way to reach her is just give her a call at 520-977-7904 or in an email spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number of 2289. Sue Mackey has an MLS number of 206048. That email again, spullen at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. Shoot Sue an email and let her know she needs to update that address. Man, your dogs are, are active I know. today. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to block. I'm just what kind of dogs are they? Just stop. Um, I have a golden doodle who's actually much more chill, but much louder. And then I have like a tiny dog who is very high strung and just barks. And <laughs> unfortunately, the whole front of our house is windows and people walk by. It's been like a massive problem really for the podcast. I'm like, can you please just shut up? And they're like, no, we can't shut up. Uh, well, so I don't know. I've considered. Sometimes people like that. Uh, no, people don't like it. No, they don't. Okay. Lots of comments. Can <laughs> you fucking shut the dogs up? And I'm like, no, I don't, I don't know how to do it. So I'm, right. it's like gotten to the point where I'm like, do I need to rent a studio? And it's like, no, like we're not going to spend 600 bucks a month so you can go somewhere where the dogs won't bark. It's it's just a, it's a problem. <laughs> anyway. Oh, where were we? We are just Maybe talking about dogs. Paused. Maybe they've paused for a minute. Maybe. <laughs> Pause. I like it. Um. Some of the, okay, so tell me, like, did you get like the same experience that we did, like when you started your podcast and suddenly like important, successful people started reaching out to you? Like how, like how did mind blowing was that, that Um, somebody who's knows what they're doing, like wants to come and talk to you? 
I actually, I didn't really have that experience. I would, okay, so. I've seen I some pretty big names on your podcast. Okay, I think well, I'm, I am, well. I am going to address that, but I, uh, <laughs> I didn't have my podcast up on any, like, I think what you're doing with the way that we got connected is mm-hmm. so smart because it really does put you, you know, you do have people coming to you and that's amazing. And I may steal that from you actually. I'll do it. Uh, yes. Eventually. That was our first time doing that. <laughs> yeah. I think that's really cool. But my, I did not have that, but my gift was toward the end of the podcast. I don't think that there was anybody except my my main man Bubba Watson who I wanted to have on the podcast who I couldn't get through some mm. kind of like this person's been on you know I would use my my older capital to be like well you know this guy came on and then people were like yeah well, come on so I I was in a place where I could have kind of anybody but mm-hmm. it I actually when people would reach out to me to be interviewed it I did more due diligence on them. If oh, that makes sense, right? Because yeah. I'm like, what are you selling? Why do you want to come on? You know, <laughs> yeah, whereas yeah. when I would invite people on, it's because I'd been watching them or I was impressed by something they did or I had kind of a topic uh, that I wanted to go into. So I let a couple people come on that asked to come on and kind of honestly, like I'd get halfway through the interview and be like, I wish I hadn't done this. I did so. that once, I think, and I don't think we've, I think we've been lucky to avoid that again. Like, oh, I should have looked in a little closer to what you're trying to sell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There were a couple that I just, w- I just didn't put out because I'm like, this is my name and it did. Oh, the really? Pe- yeah. The people wow. who um were on the podcast did not like it. You know, the guest or whatever did not like it. And I'm like, well, at the end of That's the day, like I have to, yeah, this yeah. literally has my name on it. So if I think this wasn't good. Yeah. But, but it's funny because some of those people still follow me on Twitter and will like bring it up from time to time. Like, Hey, remember when I came on the podcast and you didn't release oh. it? I'm like, sure do. <laughs> still not going to. <laughs> Great decision. <laughs> back that bet up. Because right. Right. <laughs> glad I didn't do it. That's one of the other things I noticed. I saw that you were, uh, the New York times, uh, did a mm-hmm. feature on you and were you part of the, the GameStop, uh, documentary? Yes. How did that happen? Like, how did you get involved in that? So, um, the producer, uh, it's, so it's a new documentary that was just released at South by Southwest. It's not on any streaming platforms yet, but should be Mm, in the next month or so. So it might not be the GameStop. Not the um, one that's on Netflix. Right. Which is good because I wasn't that impressed with that one. Yeah. This isn't, this is not that one. This is, um, it's a documentary by documentarian, Andi Tumor, who is, you know, she's won all kind of awards. She's a very, very, very good documentary Hmm. filmmaker. And she has produced a number of films about the way that humans interact with technology and that the GameStop thing really interested her. So Mm -hmm. my ex-boyfriend from high school, who I'm still great friends with, you know, I've known him since I was 13 years old, is a documentary filmmaker mm-hmm. and teamed up with her on this as the producer. And we were home during COVID and I was driving over to my mom's house and his parents live in my mom's neighborhood and he was just running down the street and I you know, pulled over. I'm like, hey, what's up, stranger? We started talking 
And I was like, you know, I've actually gotten kind of into day trading. And he was like, oh God, like (laughs) tell me more about that. So I was like, I've got this podcast and I do it all the time. And he, uh, he was like, I'm making a documentary about that. And I'd like to just sort of sit down with you and hear what you have to say. And then to hear him tell the story is he was initially just using me for my connections through Uh the podcast. And I introduced him to a ton of people. And then the more he and I talked, he was like, she's actually the person that I want that their story of kind of like just an everyday person. So um, anyway, I'm, I'm in the film, I'm in the film kind of a lot actually. And it, it's coming out soon and it's really, it's really cool. The Wolf of Wall Street is in the film. Oh, Jordan Belfort okay. really? is in the film. Yeah. I'm so torn on what to feel about him. Mm-hmm. Like, he did some really shitty things, but mm-hmm. at the same time, he's kind of a, like every time I listen to him on something, like yeah, he's kind of fun. Yeah. I can see why he did well. Yes. I think that most of America joins you in the like, oh, that was scummy. But, uh, but right. you know, anyway, he still is a figure and a well-known figure. Yep. So he was in the documentary and then um, Anthony Scaramucci is in it. And he was uh, Trump's press secretary for like mm-hmm. one week. Or something. So he's he's a fairly well known figure as well. And the person yeah. who founded Wall Street Bets uh, is there in the movie. Jamie Robinsinski, I think, is his name. And anybody get Roaring Kitty because that's one guy I'd love to talk to. <laughs> um, but it. But so anyway, I'm just like this regular person from Atlanta, and all of these other people are in the documentary, and I got to go to the premiere and talk on panels with them. And I don't know, it was kind of an out of body experience of like, Hey, I'm just going to open up my Robin hood and buy some beyond meat to like, right. Oh, wow. I'm on the stage with these people who really did something Uh, good or bad. Let's say. I know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They did. It sounds like an amazing experience. (laughs) It was, yeah, it was really, it was really great. I would do it again. I enjoyed the whole process and especially my artist side, right. was like, Mm -hmm. Oh, you're like telling this story, and I like storytelling <laughs> through the podcast, through painting. I think it's a cool thing. Um. Oh man, I sorry, I just lost a train of thought. I was going to ask you something else about that. I did over talk for a while about it. So no, I, no, no, sure, no, I no, just no. it wasn't that you know no. rolled past no, <laughs> right past your thought. You ever get an idea in your head and you're like, oh, I should ask about this, and yeah. then you get another one. And you're yeah. like, I've been waiting to ask this yeah. because I. Yeah, 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 that's what happened. It used to happen to me on the podcast so much that I was like, I will write these down. And then, it, you know, that And then you miss really what they're happen. talking yeah, about yeah, when yeah, you're yeah. writing it's stuff. Like yeah. Th- that don't write down. Just accept <laughs> no, the loss just, and move on. Another. Just edit out the pause. Another great thing from trading. <laughs> just. <laughs> well, the, the, the thing I was going to talk about is like, I've got a chance to explore some of my artistic side this week. Because uh, we do a running bet on our weekly show where we pick a stock and then we compete against a randomly generated stock. And at the end of the month, whoever's done well, like if we do well, then we win. Yay. We did better than random. If we lose, then we have to do consequence. Ooh, I and like this. This most recent one was a scavenger hunt that we had to go outdoors and find a bunch of randomly generated items from chat GPT and then turn them into a sculpture to be judged. Amazing. <laughs> so I just finished. I just finished mine uh, last night. Amazing. And I, I did what you, I think I did some of the things you said. I, I made it personal. I took my spirit animal and I, <laughs> I, I made an otter display and 
that uh, it was some. <laughs> that's so important. Yeah. Creativity is so important in all aspects of life. So I think that's awesome. But it was funny because I thought it looked like absolute garbage, and then every time my wife is looking at it, she's telling me how cute it was and like, oh, you did such a good job. But it's so weird. Like when you are the one creating, like all you see are the mistakes. Like, is that something that you find yourself like fighting all the time? Like, how do you get over that? I would love to answer that question. I (laughs) get over it by never reviewing anything that I make. (laughs) (laughs) You mean you just paint it and then it's done? Done. Put it out in the world and never look at it again? Yes. And then like the podcast, (laughs) people ask me all the time, like, how did you kind of get past your self-consciousness for the podcast? I'm like, oh, I don't listen to it. I don't produce it. I don't do anything. I record it and it is done. And like, then I move on to the, no, I don't even, I can't because then I'll be like, I, oh, you gotta just try because mm, you'll you'll get over that quickly and you'll end up loving it. Like whenever I have a great conversation, like because you you're in the moment listening to it and talking and conversing, but listening to it with an outside perspective, like you take it in, in such a different way. So when I first started the podcast, I got a lot of feedback about how annoying my voice is. What? Mm-hmm. And that's a hard thing to get over as a podcaster. You can't get like a voice transplant, you know? Right. Well, people are dicks too. Totally. But, you know, I I did get – it happened to me and I was on Benzinga mm-hmm. and doing a live show and somebody came in the chat and just went on a rant about how horrible my voice was. And that was odd because I was on live Benzinga, and I, but I was seeing the chat and I didn't really know how to move on. And I finished that and got such a hang up about it that I called my mom and I was like – I think it's the mic, like, you know, just went down this mm-hmm. rabbit hole of like, my voice is so bad. Can I even move on? And then eventually got to the point where it's like, my voice is my voice, but I just, I don't want to, I don't want to focus on that anymore. So I just don't listen. Uh, and I don't well, really, I don't really think my voice sounds bad, but it's just sort of a sore spot of like, we got to just move on. Uh, I disagree. I my think, kids I think, love the podcast though. Yeah, they love I, they're like, Mommy, put it on. So sometimes I <laughs> sometimes I do re-listen just for their entertainment. <laughs> right. I, I remember the first time I heard my voice and thinking how terrible it was, but you get over that pretty quickly when you've listened to yourself, you know, two, three times a week. Yeah. Yeah. I also have um my friend Anthony Crudelli for Christmas gave me like the very best mic. And it's it's sort of amazing what a game changer that is because it removes all the like squeakiness or the oh, the really? things that I think were bothering people about my voice. And now it's much more tolerable. How did you get to be friends with Crudelli? That's somebody that I've been, he's been on my wish list for a while now. Um, He followed me on Twitter, which was, you know, it was one of those where you look down and he followed you and I'm like, is this a, is this a bot? You know, I'm like, there's no way this is a real Anthony Crudelli. And it turns out it was the real Anthony Crudelli. And he followed me for a while. And I got an eye twitch and posted on Twitter and was like, my eye has been twitching for a week and I cannot stop it. Does anybody have anything? And he was Mm -hmm. the first person who wrote. And he was like, happens to me all the time. It's caused by a lack of magnesium. Take magnesium, you'll be fine. Hmm. And I used that opportunity to immediately DM him and be like, is there any way you'd ever come on my podcast? <laughs> and he was just like, yeah, I'd love to. All right. So, so and then he, All right. yeah. Yeah. I'm a big on 
big on shoot your shot. What's the worst they can do? Say no. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, so, um, so he came on and he had a heart attack when he was younger. And I have a lot of heart problems, which is a, a pretty big vein through my podcast is me sort of discussing these heart issues that I have. Mm-hmm. But he and I spent the whole episode talking about like stress and the heart and trading and how to mitigate all of that. And then by the end, I was just like, we really got along well there. Yeah. And then we just became friends, which does happen. I love I love the friends that you make when through the podcast. Like I feel like I've met some so many amazing people uh, that I would never have been exposed to or had the opportunity to talk to if it wasn't for for the podcast. Also, you know, in society today, when I am with my friends or my family, I'm talking to them, but I'm so addicted to my phone that it's like, yeah, I'm listening to you, but I'm also going to like, I got a Twitter alert. I'm going to, you know, Ah. I'm always distracted. And with the podcast, it's the most focused I ever, ever am on having a conversation. And somehow those conversations just seep like more deeply into my consciousness because I'm not distracted. I'm just listening to everything you're saying, right? So that we can have this conversation. Right. It's so hard to listen to a conversation. Yep. Like out in the real with all those distractions, like you mentioned, like, because yep. when I'm doing an interview, I have to listen to what they're saying so I can ask follow-up questions. So right. I can't be and distracted. You're in my ear. Like yeah. I have on my noise canceling headphones. So it's like, I have to do this and I can't look at my phone mm-hmm. or I might miss what you say or, you know, you it's you're fully plugged in, literally plugged into the computer talking to you. And I just feel like these are I'm more honest, I'm more connected, I'm more engaged than I really ever am. I'm sorry, I, I kind of spaced out. Can you say that last part again? <laughs> <laughs> Look at you making a little joke on your toes there. Uh, that was I good. I can't help myself sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So we never really talked much about the trading itself then. You talked a little bit about kind of like how you trade. Um, mm-hmm. So we never, like, do you trade options? you trade equities, futures, Forex? I trade options and wish I didn't. Have uh, you considered any of the uh, other alternatives? I am th- Thinking about moving to futures because since I met Anthony, my whole crew now is futures traders, mm-hmm. and my main mentor is Pax. Um, oh, Pax. Okay, love. yeah, yeah. And Pax, of course, trades futures, and I trade with him. And I have to do this very convoluted, like take the levels on NQ, translate them to QQQ. But then there's there's differences, sort of, in the way that NQ trades to it's. I have to put everything he says through all of these filters and I and there's like theta decay and all of these other sort of things that I'm dealing with and I'm like I think I'm just setting myself up for failure by I mean not that I'm failing like mm-hmm. I, the options trading's going fairly well but it's like why are you doing this to yourself when you could I, you know it's sort it's like riding a bike on sand versus on pavement right and um I think I think I'm going to switch to futures. I'm just scared about um, losing a lot of money, like, you know, because it's so scary. That's the thing is it's so leveraged that like the amount that you need to be able to trade like one micro and you can start with micros instead of minis where like a point on ES is $5 instead of 50. 
So you only need like $400 worth of margin to be able to trade one contract. Yeah. So you can do it for a very minimal amount. You can lose it very quickly if you don't have good risk controls. Mm -hmm. But um, I mean, there's Mm -hmm. other options that you can go with like a funded account just to like Apex does their flash sales. They suck with some of their rules, but I have, I paid for an Apex account Mm -hmm. for like a hundred thousand dollar Apex account. And then just got some feedback about funded accounts that made me be like, do I really want to do this? And I'm still struggling. I have not made a decision, but I've not gone ahead and started. Yeah, there's there's a lot of different options and some of them are better than others. Like I prefer the ones that don't have a trailing drawdown yes. where like any open profit get, counts against you. Like to me, that's ridiculous. But it's a good way to it's a good way to cheaply learn it, though, or just to, yeah. to dabble and see if it's for you. I really um, I'm I think that I'm for funded accounts, but I. I just want to find one that aligns sort of with my my own principles. You know, I just have to find the right one. And right. I haven't, I'm not saying Apex isn't that one. I just haven't like looked into it enough to know. Well, uh, it sounds like you got a good group of futures people. What you do is find the people who are selling courses and get them on so that way you can try to get free access <laughs> to them. That's that's the ticket. Yes. Yes. Like the boys at Trade Pro and Order Flow Labs and Ooh, Rich. I like love all of them the Order Flow Labs guys. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can set you up with them if you want. Oh, well, I know them. Like Joe and yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And Leo. Yep. Yeah. I know them through uh, Place Your Trades, which is Anthony's network. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Because they were doing that uh, fairly regularly for a bit there last year, weren't they? And I had a show on there as well. So. Um, oh, you did? Yeah, I got to know them through nice. that. Man, feeling feeling a little left out. <laughs> <laughs> you should DM Anthony. Yeah, I will shoot my shot. Yeah, you should. You should. He's great. Mm-hmm. He's great. All right. Uh, well, we've got a few minutes left before we wrap up here. Is there any other topics or things that we should touch on? Any questions you want to ask? Um, no. I I would say that sort of in the pipeline, I am – so I – I took a break from the podcast because I just needed to after yeah. after a tough time and have not gone back to it yet and am planning on bringing it back because I loved it and it added so much to my life and it was just such a delight. But I want to be very, very intentional about what I do mm-hmm. when bringing it back and I I'm a little shaky on trader interviews, literally because of what you said of how do you know that everyone's legit? And, you know, before I just didn't pay as much attention to that as I should have. And Mm -hmm. now I'm like, we, you know, I need to get a system in place for that. Well, I mean, you've got a great network. I mean, you can just lean on those guys for help with the vetting process. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I... I want to, I just want to focus more on that and just make sure that I'm bringing like good quality people on the podcast. Yeah. There's nothing that feels worse than putting something out there and be like, did I just give a piece of shit, a mouthpiece to, to sell some trash? Yeah. 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 I don't want to do that anymore. And there's no real, there's, I don't have any motivation to, that's, I'm saying that the wrong way. 
But, oh, mm-hmm. because I don't have any advertisers on the podcast, like it is literally up to me. I can put out right. exactly what I want because I'm paying for it. And I just, because I have that power, want to put out the what I think is like the very, very, very best, which is a great place to be. Yeah. Um, a really great place yeah. to be. I agree with and that. And then I also um, have realized so much in the last six to eight months that there's so much about health and mental health and physical health and like spiritual health and creative health that you need, as we were talking about earlier, that you really need to have in check to, mm-hmm. to trade well. Yeah. And I, I had that a little bit on the podcast before I would interview like chefs and authors and people who are more in the creative field. But I want to do that in an intentional way of like, we are all so much more than traders. So like, what do you do to kind of fill your bucket outside of trading? Do you like cooking? Do you like playing sports? Do you like going to sports? And just, I would like that to round out the whole thing and it not to just be, how'd you get started trading? What's your process? Right, like, right. you know what I mean? Because yeah. I think I was overly focused on that before. So what I think initially me taking a break on the podcast was I was really down about and just felt terrible about it. I'm now kind of like, it's been long enough that when we go back, let's let's go back with full intention and full, you know, we have experience. We have tons of experience right. now. So it's, you know, it's like we know we know better. Yeah. We know what to do now. No, I love that. I'm looking forward to it. Do you have a timeline on that? Um, so no. I keep thinking <laughs> I keep thinking that I'll do it in the next, you know, I'm like next week I'm going to put out an episode and it's it's no big deal for me to put out an episode. I could really start at any time. And then I'm like I just want to take my time a little more. Right. There will be a day that I wake up and I'm like today's the day. But until that happens, I just don't want to, I don't want to force it. Yeah. No, so, I feel that. All right. Well, yeah. tell people to, to follow <laughs> you on Twitter so that way they'll know when it is coming back. Yes, please. All right. Well, I think, I think it'd be about time to wrap this up. All right. Well, I would like to thank everyone who's listening for putting up. If you hear any dog barking that slips in there, that's my fault. And I'm sorry about that. But we cut as much as we could, but uh, they were very <laughs> persistent. <laughs> <laughs> very persistent so please forgive me for the dogs most of our audience is uh, pretty kind i think they'll i think you'll be all right <laughs> all right all right folks well thank you for having me i appreciate it oh well thank you so much for for reaching out to us i'm glad we we're able to put this together and hopefully we can do some more collaborations in the future oh i'd love that uh me too uh but that is going to take us to the end of the episode today so as blaine said i'd like to thank everybody who stuck around to the end and to blaine for opening up and sharing with us if you'd like to know more, make sure you check out that Penny Lane podcast and follow follow her on Twitter. We'll have those links in the episode description. Check us out at twobullsinachinachef.com. Be back in your ears soon with another exciting episode. But until then, it's been a hard day's night, but you can help by coming together and sharing every little thing we do. The end. Very nice. P.S. I love you. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs>
Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks and the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades. Oh, wow. You really did have that all planned, and I like did it. Did you catch them all? How many did you catch? <laughs> yeah. Um, Let's see. Hard Day's Night, Help, Come Together, Sharing, every little thing we do. The end. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I couldn't find one that, that said share. Yeah, I spent, that was amazing. Yeah. I spent way too much time looking at uh, the, the Beatles charts to see what songs they did. <laughs> I love it. No, I love it. Talking about creative, I'm sure your mind was just... Doing things like that makes my mind just be like, I'm more awake, like I'm more alive than I am before. Like, I love it. It is funny. It's those things that get me excited that like, oh, now I've got energy to do the things that I'm supposed to. Maybe I should lean into that more. Yeah. 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 